0: Hash house and circle up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. I had a long talk with Kit Villiers, also known as Brain Dead. So I'm breaking it up into three parts and doing as minimal editing as I can, so you can hear Brain Dead's brain pattern thinking. And all the things that came up in our little chat. This is the start, part one with brain dead. Right now, where are you in the UK? Oxford. Is Oxford. There a, and there is a hash in Oxford right now.
1: Well, there is, but I, I, and I have run it. I think it's on a Wednesday night. I, you can edit this out if you want, but I, but I do find hashing in the UK a bit depressing. It's so cold. Well, not always, of course, but. <laughs> Running around muddy or damp fields with a bunch of fairly unfriendly... Well, I don't know. Oh, this is great! Yeah, no, no, far uh, away. Uh, and, uh, okay, and then ending up, ending up in a pub where you you're just amongst a bunch of other pub users, and you're all British, and you're not you're no different. Whereas I'd come straight from, say, Korea, where of course the hash obviously you're only one percent of the people; the rest are in all Koreans. And then not only you are not going to a pub, you're going to a um, a, well, a rice field when I mean, you end up at, say, a corner of some rice field, usually in some pleasant mountains, with your own beer and your own little crowd. And it's much more fun. Whereas in a pub, you just, well, for a start, all the hash is finished together. And then you're all lining up, you know, queuing up to buy a beer and you're while you're as thirsty as heck. Now, I, I, anyway, there is an Oxford hash and i have run in it the local one around here is actually just north of oxford the bister hash yeah. which is um uh, older and i and in, in the 70s i did actually run with them and they, they claim to be the second or third oldest in the uk uh, yeah. uk hash i believe yeah so i'm pretty sure because occasionally i see chalk marks around this house <laughs> and it, it, So uh, I've never actually... Oh, yes, I did. I I must say, (laughs) I was quite intrigued. I actually happened to come out when they ran by, and I knew some of them. And what intrigued me was they were as ancient as I was. I Maybe the faster guys had gone by, or the ones I saw, were plodding along at a really, um, let's say, gentlemanly pace.
0: Right, okay. Uh,
1: That was only a few months ago, so I think they're still going.
0: Yeah. Well it might have been Vulcan. I think it was Vulcan. He didn't think there ever was a hash, and he was surprised.
1: Oh, well, it, it is true that. um Well, actually, he might. Well, anyway, he's, he, I'll tell him. But I think he's actually because, of course, his son lives. I don't know whether his son ever has. His son, but...
0: yeah, his son lives there. Yeah. Yeah. Today on the podcast, we are back in the UK in Oxford with a hasher <laughs> who is an Asian origin hasher. So well, <laughs> welcome on the podcast today, a storyteller, hasher, Braindead. Welcome.
1: Thank you. And I'm, I'm glad to be on the show. Okay, Braindead,
0: let's do your origin story. When and where and how did you first start hashing?
1: Well, I, I was based in Japan in, well, actually sixty-eight, seventy-three, I think it was. And at that time, there was no... There may have been something in Okinawa, but I don't think there was, well, I'm sure there was nothing in, uh, in on the mainland of Japan. But right. they told me I was, the company I was working with wanted to switch, transfer me to South Korea. And there in, in, I think it was October 72, a hash had begun. So I was, and I was always being a bit of a Jogger and mostly on my own And I thought well that sounds fun It'd be a way to meet people And they sent me on actually a trip to Hong Kong First where of course the Hong Kong Hash and the Kowloon Hash were Already established So my first ever run was something like February or March 1973 in, In Hong Kong And I did I think two in Hong Kong And then from I think it was End of June 73, I began really hashing regularly and loving it with the Seoul hash.
0: Let's get a snapshot image of those 1972 73 hashes. Hong Kong, men only. That's right. Do you remember anybody and, who was there? Any any people? Oh,
1: uh, I do. I remember the, there's a guy called Sandy Neal uh, who I, I didn't really know them, of course, because it was slightly bigger then than it is now. There must have been 80 or 90 people The guy that took me Of course I didn't know Hong Kong We were scorched up in a taxi a bit late And they were all spread over this incredible hillside It was an amazing you know, The setting sun and there were all these men And yes I do Sandy Neal was one Jim Hughes Vulcan wasn't there This magazine, I don't know if you can see it the, yeah. We've all just got this Vulcan, I don't know what he's got his yet It's eight four fifty years on And looking at the early ones, who must have been on that run, there's a lot of people, of course, they don't use nicknames much there, Mm -hmm. and they don't count their individual runs. But anyway, Jack Malley would have been there, Australia. There was always a big Australian contingent. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, of course, it's sad, actually, looking at it 50 years ago. Some of the guys there have died. But it's also interesting, if you look at the actual 50 years of Grand Masters, Mm -hmm. they're the... (laughs) Fifty years ago, we're the same people. I mean, <laughs> they're just fifty years older. I was a Jack Malley, who was, I see was grandmaster in about seventy-three, was it seventy-three, four? Well, I mean, he's still running. He still looks the same. <laughs> tough old, a tough old Aussie.
0: Ah, oh, nice. Do you remember yeah. the beer, a uh, uh, circle beer, singing that kind of stuff? Uh, well,
1: part? no, the the Hong Kong House was always a bit above that. I do remember. About the second run, there's always been a few down downs, but no big circle. And yeah, some people like me seem to acquire names, like, and of course, Vulcan too. But no, I'd say generally speaking, we don't use names as much, even as the Kowloon hash. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you got anyone from, have you interviewed anyone ex Kowloon or from Kowloon? Uh,
0: People that have hashed with them as visitors, no regular or origin Kowloon people yet. So if you know them and can put them in touch, it'd be great.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, just getting on. Uh, yes, I'm a bit too self-centered to do that just at the moment. Yeah. Um, How uh, about
0: T-shirts? Were they giving...
1: Were oh, they... Uh, no, yes. Uh, yes. But but mostly, they... Um, yeah, I've got the last... and far more than in the UK. I suppose it was all made in China. It's all very cheap. Mm-hmm. And the last time... I was only... Ran, you know, I have often go to Hong Kong on holidays, even now. Well, apart from COVID... And the last time I think I got a T-shirt and a pair of shorts, the most horrible shorts you can imagine. But very <laughs> nicely. Uh, it just. I what mean, was wrong with the, them?
0: What was wrong with the shorts?
1: Well, they just sort of. They sort of. Well, to be tactful, they don't hold you in very well. <laughs> uh, I, I use them occasionally, but usually only on men-only type runs.
0: And when you don't need to be held in so much, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, you no, know, my early T-shirts. Yeah, there, there was a, a, a Hong Kong t- a general T-shirt, but generally speaking, they're at the whim of the hairs or they're from the ones that I've got anyway, seem to be from Interhash. Oh, yeah. a big run, of course. I, in fact, I was wearing it yesterday, the Hong Kong, I think it was the two thousand run. Was that 2007 or something? Anyway, I went over for that and I've got T-shirts. They They seem to have a T-shirt for every run. Yeah. So in fact, one gets too many. I think they still don't make a terrific thing of down downs. They they have them, but I noticed looking at this magazine that mm-hmm. the, the the Grand Master did it. There was no religious advisor until many years into it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In fact, even 81, 82, I see there's no religious advisor. So it'll be up to the the Grand Master generally, and we might do four or five down downs. And then we just, of course, we had this contract with Carlsberg, which I think they still have. And you probably heard about this. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's very like the original KL hash, where they always say that the wiry oriental gentleman, uh, whose pub it was they stopped at after the very first run, sort of realised they were quite heavy drinkers and sort of followed them around. Mm Well, in effect, that's what Carlsberg still do with the Hong Kong hash. Nice. Eventually they they leave. They they leave a few crates of iced down beer and then they depart. And and, and of course that that is one. Since it's men only, it's still basically there's only beer. Because it, it's only there's no sort of softies or right. very few. And, and back, get water, which of course is a bit hard when because the Hong Kong summer can be very hot.
0: Mm-hmm. And back so, then there were no walkers, right? I mean everybody was. uh
1: no, well that, that's because that's interesting. My first or our second trip to China with, um, I think it was Little Sai Wan hash from Hong Kong. The first time we joined up with the, I think the Canton hash and they were a much more international and they had ladies and and even, and they had, um, they they came onto our sort of hash bus and said, look, okay, anyone going to walk because the walkers are going now. And we all looked Mm. a bit blank
0: because we
1: all sort of at least jogged a bit. But it was interesting. I, I was checking on that run when the running part eventually started, and I got—I was off on my own. I climbed this hill, trying to find the trail. Got to this—well, it wasn't much of a hill. a sort of ridge, and I looked over. There were the walkers. It was fascinating. It was—it was like the end of the sixth happiness. It looked like that—that that missionary who got all those Chinese kids out of the way of the Japanese. Marching them through the sort of hills (laughs) Because they were down below me on a path There were sort of a few hash mums I don't know who they were Anyway, hash ladies And a bunch of kids And I I, I, I of of course, I was was new to China And I just thought, gosh, how absolutely And it was just, you know, one of these beautiful autumn days And it was just so delightful seeing this And of course, they ended up at the same place as us Mm -hmm.
0: What year we was out. that where Canton was that kind of mixed hash with Walker's? When was that?
1: Well, let me see. My first ever was I'd like to tell you about that because one of the ones I've been thinking about was '84. So it would have been after. Oh, yeah, okay. I can tell you roughly because I had my main spell in Hong Kong, '87 to '93. Right. And I would have thought it was the late '80s, but I can't say exactly.
0: That's when the Canton trip was with the. That's
1: ones. right. That's right. And, and that was with.
0: Did you cross with the uh, drain oil? Was he there? Yeah, at the, I certainly
1: did. I, was uh, he yes. there
0: at your first stop in the early '70s? I think he may have. Been.
1: Uh, he, he would have been. Yes, I see his grandmaster '81, '82, or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I've got a terrific thing here. Well, uh, yes, yeah, so he and I overlapped He's probably a year or two older, and he was with the a, a Hong Kong bank, as we called it, an HSBC. Mm-hmm. So he had stints all over the. I think he, I think his wife's from Malaysia, isn't she? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty yeah, he's, sure that, he's there now. Yeah, he's. That's what I thought. Down. Yeah, he's
0: locked down in KL, waiting to get to the UK as soon as they. Let yeah, out.
1: well, if I was him, I wouldn't rush. <laughs> Well, yes. let's
0: talk about your name. Where did you pick up your name? We haven't even gotten back to Korea, but where did you get your hash name?
1: In Hong Kong. Okay. Uh, I yeah, I laid it. Well, I was famous for two things. I was famous for the. I just thought of this actually. The KVLA, the Kit Villiers Lateness Award, <laughs> uh, which was a, which was nearly always won by me because I I I found it six. It's always six o'clock sharp, right. and I worked for a law firm. That 87 to 93. And people just don't leave their office at five o'clock. Right. Half the others worked for the Hong Kong government or I don't know quite who, but anyway, or they were self-employed or I don't know quite what. Some I'd scorch up in my taxi late. And it happened so often. They, yeah, I was the. So, and it, that carried on even after I left, apparently. So but people... then they gradually forgot me, and I don't think they have it now. So, uh, what was the question? <laughs> uh, well,
0: well <laughs> we're going to get to your hash name. Oh, yeah, anyway. The, the, the,
1: the brain dead. I oh, know the brain dead thing. I was setting a hash up on the peak in Hong Kong, and I didn't realize. He said, go and set a false. The other guy suggest I'd set a falsy up a sort of a path. And I didn't. Uh, my sense of direction was weak. And I, Realize, or I didn't realise but I, it turned out later that I would set my false trail right close to where they'd already run So there was a great danger of that, in fact it did happen They got onto an endless circle because they found my false trail and never got off it So they thought that was a pretty dumb thing Especially in a place like Hong Kong which is not that big mm-hmm. You'd think you'd be able to find your way around Yeah I think that was the the key thing.
0: Let's see if they can, there's more to flesh out about the Hong Kong experience. So they they oh, named, well, they, they named an award after you. You've named a bunch of people you hashed with. We talked about the beer, t-shirts and all that. While you were in Hong Kong traveling to other hashes before you moved Oh, ah,
1: yes. Well, they uh, and I'm reminded again by this magazine, obviously one over those 7 years I yes. Of course, Asia is a terrific place to, and Mm -hmm. and, uh, most places are near. And of course, it's easy to go. The Philippines and I suppose Thailand were the basic ones. I uh, went on quite a few. I remember once the Kowloon hash were going to Phuket and I just sort of joined in. I mean, they weren't too fussy. And it that was a terrific one. It was just so, I'd never been in, I'd been in Thailand, but I'd never been in Phuket. Mm-hmm. And it was nice territory, and, uh, and I remember beautiful runs and nice, cheap beer, of course. But but I, of course, one trouble is if you go on a strange hash in a strange place, and you run miles from anywhere, and you you get if you are sort of feeling the pace a bit in the circle, you can't escape. You've got to <laughs> you got to wait there till the bus goes back. Yeah. So after sort of seventeen beers, I was just wondering quite when the hell thing was ever going to end. <laughs> And the same in the Philippines I've done many there
0: With Manila hash?
1: Uh, Manila, but more often Actually, I was on a very early Manila hash Because I think Manila, like Seoul Was started by people from Hong Kong hmm. And I went on a the uh, guy—it was a Danish. We ride in the city, and I thought it was actually the worst trail I'd ever done. The guy set arrows about three millimeters long <laughs> in the middle of these sort of, you know, korea not Korea—Philippine sort of—I don't know—filthy back streets, and all these people staring at you. And it, was, you know, I, it was also another thing I learned for the first time in mean, Hong Kong: the hair never goes with the pack, right? Because a, he dead trail. He set yeah. it, he just stays there and has a few beers when he's done it. But the here and, I, and luckily the hair did come because otherwise we never would have found these minuscule arrows in the dark. And, and, and goodness, I mean, it was a, it was also extremely un, uh, unprepossessing kind of, I mean, it wasn't country at all. It was just these horrible back alleys. Right, that was so it was miserable. <laughs> It was out near the airport, but it was not a good run. That was chalk
0: marks or something? That was about, about 75, sorry. And that was maybe chalk marks instead of
1: paper? That's right, it was. Mm-hmm. It, it was not paper, and it was, yes, that's right, it was chalk arrows. It wasn't blobs of chalk, nor was it paper. Paper would have been even more useless because the Philippines is so dirty. Mm-hmm. You never would have found a thing. So it was chalk arrows, as far as I recall. But, and but, it was about 1975. Let me just get a
0: like a laundry list of some of the other places that come to mind. Yeah. To Manila, Phuket.
1: Bangkok, did you get this? Uh, uh, yes uh, from yes. there? Singapore, but 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 more like yeah. Well, funnily enough, I did do Singapore, not on a house trip. I just happened to be there with my parents, of all things, actually. Uh, of course, when what one does, I knew that Singapore was a uh, very active, and had a lovely run with them. But, it, but after we'd had a few beers at the end, though, they all. I, I think I was about the only visitor or the only non-Singapore resident mm-hmm. runner. And they suddenly all left me and I, I didn't even know where I was. <laughs> and I just had to get it. Luckily, I knew the hotel my parents were and I just had to get a taxi. So that was a bit strange. Mm. Funny how you remember these things.
0: Yeah, well, these are good stories and experiences. As an expat back then, that was quite a heyday of big fish, small pond, being the hash was a bit different from the local population. But the hashes you were on, there were locals on the hash, right?
1: Uh, Yes. In Hong Kong, for example, there have been, I think there's slightly more now, there were perhaps three or four that are really stuck with it. Now it might be seven or eight. There's still a minority. Mm -hmm. Hong Kong has this very clearly, and you can see it even today, even in 50 years, it's still, I would say, um, 70% British. And then you've got a big bunch of Aussies and New Zealanders. And then, a f- a like Seoul, for some reason, there have always been Swiss. There's maybe 10 very keen Swiss that are always there. Ah, uh, and then there's about 10 Chinese, but no, it's still, I would say British first and then Australian, perhaps next. Uh, why- Americans okay, came in late, but I see they, according to this thing, that by the nineties, uh, there was an Australian, American grandmaster. Between ourselves, uh, are you Canadian? Are you?
0: I am American and Canadian. Yeah. Okay. Originally okay,
1: so American. The, the kind of Americans get sent to a place like Hong Kong are there because they often have regional jobs. They sort of. They're the big boss of some company that has offices in from Jakarta to Tokyo. And so they're, they're not, they're more serious, like the, the British were there forever and do no work at all, if possible. Um, (laughs) uh, so, So I think it was harder for them. But actually, except Kowloon has was quite noticeable how many Hong Kong police, I mean, British police are, were in it. And oh. I imagine they've still got one or two. Yeah. The British, as I say, judging by hatching in the UK, are an unfriendly bunch. <laughs> they, they, of course, they, they get better after they've had about six beers.
0: Everybody does, yeah. But
1: generally, Australians fit in because they, they do drink a lot too and don't work too hard.
0: And and those days in the seventies, eighties, nineties of expat. Oh life. well, wait a
1: minute. I didn't have a stint. I, I must just mention we're going chronologically, I oh I did have mention I had four years in Taiwan. Mm. Oh yeah, wait a minute. So seventy six to eighty, after this stint in Korea, Taiwan or the Taipei hash was my next.
0: I've hashed with the new Taipei hash
1: after about Oh good,
0: yeah. Let me uh, back you up.
1: Oh right. yeah. It's yeah. just
0: great, we can go. So kinda of talked about Hong Kong. Was the rugby club providing hashers or at all part of the hashing scene too?
1: Oh, Kong has so many expats that, okay, I'm sure one or two people were also playing rugby or cricket or whatever, but there was no link. Uh, Taipei there was slightly, because as the American military pulled out, there was still an expat rugby team. And I remember once I, I think, and a couple of others thought, let's get a hash rugby team and challenge this Taipei outsiders or whatever they were called, mm-hmm. which was quite fun. The Taipei outsiders were mostly Americans there studying Chinese, I think, right. and a few Australians doing the same. And they beat us, which annoyed me because I didn't realise Americans played rugby <laughs> at all. <laughs> That's great. And we had one or two, okay, we had one or two totally useless people um, like yeah. me, but um, at least I knew the rules. <laughs> yeah. but no there was a link there was that sort of link yeah. and after the game one or two of them decided they'd probably hash as well
0: yeah
1: i actually changed jobs after korea i then 76 to 80 i was solely in the taipei hash okay and but we didn't talk pass-
0: about korea hashing oh please yes Let's go to your hashing in korea apart from yeah. going over okay. to hong kong for a bit of hashing what was the hash like in seoul
1: well, Seoul had had a, as, uh, like Manila it was started by a guy called Ian Young who had hashed in Hong Kong, and so it was very much Hong Kong rules. But at that time, there probably weren't any, maybe one or two Koreans. But it was—I thought it was just delightful, especially in the summer. You—it doesn't get dark. You could hash in daylight, and everybody in those days. This was. 73 and 74, you tended to have a driver, and they was always called Mr. Kim. So All the Mr. Kim drivers didn't run. We ran off in this lovely countryside, and they would, um, especially as it got cooler in the autumn, would gather firewood, and there'd be a lovely blazing fire in the rice field when we came back and had our wow. beers. Yeah. Nice. That was, it, that, it just was so Pleasant and people were so relaxed somehow in the early seventies, um, and we had all. I mean, I remember oh, good friends of mine. The three big American banks were all had their bosses, and in fact, all their expats ran with us: mm-hmm. Bank of America, Citibank, and Chase Manhattan. Mm-hmm. There were probably a majority of Americans, but there were a lot of again Swiss, a lot of British. Quite a lot of other sort of beyond We had a German Grandmaster It was very nice It was much more As I said I always thought it was more friendly than Hong Kong Just because we mixed up better And we, we, we stood around With this lovely fire going For an hour or two Then we might go back into Seoul And have a meal Of course the, in those days Oh it probably still is The 8th Army were in Have you run with Seoul? I, wrote, I ran with Seoul Sunday Oh, oh, oh I do not even know that existed I believe it it changed after my time. I've got a feeling there's one on the base. We had um, a good selection of military, uh, U.S. military, as well as um, U.S. businessmen. Right. Um, That may have slightly changed. I remember one guy was actually mad that we should go and do, what was it, some marathon in Japan. It wasn't very hash-like, but uh, he, um, a, a colonel, they were tended to be officers, Mm-hmm. Which was interesting because when I moved to Taiwan, the American military there were nearly always were mostly not officers. The enlisted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other ranks of some kind.
0: You had Hong Kong rules. Probably people listening to this weren't born yet. With the hashing again, circle beer T-shirts. Oh well, what,
1: what I mean initially was how it I don't know what the right expression is. It was pre-laid, ah. whereas Taiwan and I believe some other uh, hashes that follow that or follow. I think it's particularly Okinawa. The you get this fifteen-minute thing.
0: We call it a live trail or live exactly. Trail,
1: yeah. Exactly, we didn't there because the guys in in Taipei in those days did never realise that they were doing anything different from anybody else. They've somehow they'd re- they claimed they'd read about it somewhere or some guy had come over from Okinawa, a U.S. military person, and that's right. And it was always live, and I got to enjoy that. But I could see that um, the disadvantage was that if you were a bit slow, you're going to be bound to get caught. Right. And uh, didn't encourage slower runners to volunteer to be a hare. Seoul uh, was, uh, it, uh, so first it was a, a dead trail, if that's what you, the opposite. And then it was uh, rather few down downs, uh, no counting of, well, we counted the overall runs, but we didn't count in people's individual runs. Right. And there were down downs uh, because, as I said, we had this um, quite long, I wouldn't say it was a circle, it was pretty informal. The down, down bit was only about 10% of it at most. Mm-hmm. Like Hong Kong, they didn't really uh, lay much emphasis on it. And in fact, the, the committee didn't. It was a grandmaster and an on sec. I, I, I don't remember. I remember. There must have been a hash cash, I suppose.
0: How were these runs, these early runs, Seoul, Korea? How did you pay? Was it subscription or buy run?
1: Ah, now there we. Oh, that's a good question. Taipei, we paid uh, we paid in cash every time. I remember that because I remember the hash cash put it on the roof of the taxi and then it all blew off and we never <laughs> let that run. Uh, they must have made a slight loss, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Hong Kong is certainly direct debit uh, where the hash cash can swipe the money out of your account and then without you knowing. Um, and I think Kowloon is the same. I'm sorry, I, I can't remember. I don't suppose the banking system was that sophisticated. Oh, we we probably paid in dollars. U.S. One hash I went on. Okay, there was Korean money. There's, there was the one, but I don't quite. I Friday pass on that. I don't quite remember.
0: Yeah, that's all right.
1: I I, okay. I think we paid per run though. Anyway,
0: uh huh. And in Korea, was there a mixed hash there?
1: Uh, well, I would, pretty well attended It was men only And it was, um, I'd say, 70 or 80 would go Probably slightly fewer As you know, it was a very bitter winter there
0: mm-hmm.
1: But even then, with this fire that we had And if you ran around, you got warm enough but well, we would run around with tracksuits and things in the winter. We might have had 50 in the winter. It was well attended. And I think partly because in these countries that were just opening up for business, as it were, there wasn't that much else to do. Taiwan was pretty much the same. Because mm-hmm. I think Taiwan and Korea were pretty much the same state of development. Whereas Hong Kong was... Okay, there were. I mean, there were rugby clubs and things. Much more because the... Well, of course, the British had been there forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, I did notice that in this magazine it Clearly, the first advertisement The very first Hong Kong hash It, it seemed to think The guy that put it in the South China Morning Post That, that the only people who ever would have even heard of the hash Were people who had come up from Being transferred from Singapore or Malaysia Where it had all begun And yeah. I think the initial run uh, Quite a lot were ex-Singapore, etc But of course, by the time I... Uh, was in and Hong Kong what? That's 1970. It, it it took a while, didn't it, to really catch on? Mm-hmm. Singapore was what well, I think, I believe, 1960. But
0: right, and Hong Kong
1: 70, okay. Seoul 72, and Taiwan around. I think I was reasonably new. I, I, the founders were all still there. 75, 76.
0: Do you remember any uh, of the names of the founders? Yeah, are, uh, well, I
1: don't remember. There were two guys who'd both. They're just sort of American. G. I. Well, I don't know what rank they were American ex-servicemen who'd been in the Korean War But they had Chinese wives, Taiwan wives And they were uh, living there And then there was another guy who was American Who was a linguist who spoke Chinese Called Chris King, his name was um, The red-haired guy who was always a bit of a no-hope, I think <laughs> I tried to, tried to get him a proper job at one time Because he was very, very good in... In his own Mandarin But he he just He was one of these Perpetual students I think mm-hmm. But he would stand up At something new to me After just Hong Kong And Korea He he did definitely Try and get Local Chinese in And they had much more Than any other hash I've been on And he would get up And the Grand Master Or well, I think they called it The President In those days mm. It was very different Would say something like You know Down down Or something Or whatever it was and then old Chris would jump up and say it again in Mandarin for these ah, Chinese.
0: Wow, bilingual, on, the translator.
1: Yeah, yeah, which we never got in, in Hong Kong, and, and nor in Malaysia, because I suppose the, the Chinese that would join a hash would probably speak English.
0: What was your hashing experience in Malaysia
1: then? Oh, only visiting. Uh, uh-huh. uh, I, I tried to go to the... Um, 1978, I think, was the very first. Oh, no, the first, the first interhouse was in Hong Kong in uh, because they tried to get KL to do it, but the KL didn't do it until... Well, two, what
0: it two years later, yeah. So in 1978, Hong Kong hosted that. Ha- that's right. It seems that the story is a lot of people in KL thought, oh, someone's trying to make money. They're not telling us the truth about the airfares, so we're not really going to go as a group.
1: That's right, and they didn't. You're quite right. And I, said, I, somehow, I'd been trans... I was already in Taiwan by 78. And although it's clear, it's near, I failed to get to it. So I was determined to get to KL for that. So I suppose that was 1980,
0: wasn't that's, it? That's right, the second one. So okay.
1: I did go down for that. And uh, Do you I, remember anything about that event? What was it like? Uh, I do. It was my first... I, thought, I was so impressed how they'd laid the trails because there there was always a choice of four Mm -hmm. and you sort of chose the yellow one or something and how they had, how all the buses, because I think Hong Kong only had about 800 people, but K had something like 2000, didn't it? Yes. Uh, There would have been women, but I imagine in a minority. Right.
0: Now, apparently there was the choice of four trails on Saturday. And then Sunday they said they broke up into more like 10 or 11 trails, so that there were smaller, oh, they, uh, groups, smaller groups.
1: Oh, I don't remember the details. Um, okay. Well, I'm sure they're right. And, of course, us little group from Hong Kong were soon lost amongst all these um, millions of people. But, well, no, I was impressed, A, by how brilliantly it was organized, mm. and, secondly, by the the fact that it was so mixed and there were so many locals I, I, well, I Of course, it began in '38, didn't it? Yeah, so well, so-
0: we're now we're now finding out it may have actually started in 1939. Oh, right. oh okay. and and they knew that, but because the T-shirts were printed with an anniversary date having started in '38, they kind of kept that a secret. Oh, <laughs> so, so the T-shirts oh. we may have to correct the history or give them a pre-birth date. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's part one of the On On Podcast with Braindead, long, long time hasher and great storyteller. This is the On On Podcast. Hash your stories, hash your voices, hash your history. New episodes every week. Till next time, on on. This is Ra. To close the circle, here's the Hash Anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing
1: low, swing child.